And on this Monday morning, we would like to say good morning to our good friend Nolan Finley, who is, of course, the editorial page editor for the Detroit News, coming off what I hope was a wonderful Thanksgiving with family. Good morning, Nolan. Morning, Guy and Lloyd and Jamie. I thought I'd stop by the studio this morning with some leftover turkey and any takers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we would always take. Uh, we never say no to free food here. That's right, especially early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, i got to ask you, we are watching perhaps another extension of the ceasefire in the Gaza. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wall Street Journal s- saying this morning on its op-ed page, Hamas holds everyone hostage. And that it, with each one released, it's trying to rehabilitate his image as a group that actually cares about human life. How concerned are you that people will suffer amnesia in the euphoria over the hostage releases? Extraordinarily so. Um, I, I'm, I am worried about the pressure coming out of this to continue a ceasefire. And I, you know, all the calls from you know folks all over the world to ceasefire and and. Gaza ceasefire in the Middle East. I think it's the wrong call. And uh, you know, woke up this morning thinking about about this. It's you know, the call should be to disarm Hamas because that is the only way you're going to stop the killing in the Middle East. Uh, that's the only way you're going to end the suffering of the Palestinians and the torment of the Israelis. We have to disarm Hamas, and we, Israel can't be deterred from this mission. Uh, simply uh, because of this sort of staged ceasefire. Cease uh, glad we're getting the hostages back, but Hamas is still a murderous organization, and it has to be destroyed. And if Israel is dissuaded from that mission this time, uh, we're going to be right here again, as we have been over and over and over again. Nolan, you wrote an op-ed on the Ford Motor Company downscaling its battery plant. If they downsize, uh, everyone is thinking that the subsidy will be reduced by one-third. But you still write that Michigan is paying more in these incentive packages than neighboring states. Why? Well, because our business climate is so lousy, and we it's what we have to pay to get people to come here or stay here, even our hometown companies. Uh, this is $200,000 a job in Marshall for this Ford battery plant if all of the spinoff jobs are realized. Uh, they have a multiplier of about 4.8 uh, uh, for spinoff jobs. Uh, if that turns out to be optimistic, and I would suspect it is, that $200,000 number goes way up. Uh, just for the four jobs itself, it's something on the order of $880,000 per job created. I mean, goodness, you could put that money in uh, in in mutual funds for uh, 1,700 people or whatever the workforce is going to end up be, and they do better than the $40,000 a year on average Ford is going to going to pay for those jobs. Uh, Indiana has got a low cost, low cost of government in terms of uh, businesses considering their expenses. They paid one-tenth of what Michigan is paying to get a Stellantis battery plant. Uh, and I'll tell you, over the last year, we did not make our business environment less costly or more friendly, uh, just the opposite. Uh, i got to ask you about Hill Harper and the fact that he said that, uh, who's running for Senate uh, on the Democratic side, that he turned down $20 million offered by a major donor to a pro-Israel political action committee to run against Representative Rashida Tlaib. Your thoughts on that, Nolan? Well, I talked I talked to someone from APAC over the weekend who 
you know, disavowed any knowledge of that. But I do suspect there's going to be a lot of money coming from a lot of places in this race to, uh, you know, to unseat uh, Rashida Tlaib and to defend her seat. I think there'll be a lot of, uh, you know, anti-Israel interest to pour money into her campaign as well as pro-Israel mm-hmm. interest to pour money into the campaign. What we have to come to first is, you know, who's going to be her challenger? And I think a challenge, the right challenger could beat her uh, if the election were this year. You know, who knows what, what folks' memories are going to be next year. Well, speaking of memories, a lot of folks may not remember that during the campaign for Governor Last Go-Around, Governor Gretchen Whitmer made a promise as it related to abortion. And while she she completed the legislative part of the ballot referendum that was passed in that same election, you point out that she broke a major campaign pledge. Well, yeah, I mean, when she did her, her interview with us, her endorsement interview, she said she would not, or she w- would not allow late-term abortions. And she signed legislation last week uh, taking away any regulation of late-term abortion. So basically, Michigan now is a wide-open state uh, in terms of abortion. I think that's not what people intended when they went to the polls to vote on Prop 3. And you remember the commercials, Mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of Democratic officials saying, oh, they're just trying to scare you. We're not going to, Prop 3 doesn't allow late-term abortions. It doesn't allow, you know, babies to be killed right up to the moment of birth. That turned out to be major BS because that's exactly the environment we have now. And the only things left is parental consent. I suspect that'll fall soon as well. Uh, Nolan, question about the gun control laws that were passed Mm. intended to protect victims of domestic violence with people on both sides of the aisle could get behind. But we had Representative Graham Filler on who's saying this just goes too far, especially for a misdemeanor. It's gun confiscation has very little to do with protecting uh, uh, domestic violence victim. It's an opportunistic bill. They saw an opening. Now they're going to use it to get as many guns uh, as they can away from folks and to suspend their Second Amendment rights for as many people as possible. I don't know what owning a piranha in a home aquarium has to do with domestic violence, but if you get caught doing so, you're going to lose your 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 rights to uh, own firearms, same as if you you know fudge an application for veteran benefits or or um, you break into a soda pop machine. It's it's really ludicrous. I don't think it'll hold up in the courts. And and Nolan, uh, there was a survey, MEA uh, educators saying that uh, there has been an increase in this disruptive behavior with kids since COVID. Yeah, I mean, Caitlin Buss had a very good column over the weekend about that i don't know how um uh i don't know how teachers bear up in the in the classroom it was huge percentages of them say they've been verbally assaulted uh can't teach because of the disruptive behavior in uh in class i i put a link in my newsletter today uh an article from the humorous uh david sedaris sedaris i mean maybe just uh (laughs) laugh uh until I cried almost, uh, you know, he talked about when this very issue about how you, you know, nobody's in 
control of the children today, and everybody's afraid to try to control them, whether it's parents or uh, teachers. And he, he just said, uh, uh, recalled an anecdote when his uh, he was at school, and his mother, uh, the teacher called his mother and said, David's disrupted class. She would say, thank you very much for telling me. And she said, said he'd walk into the house and give his sister a big slap on the face. And when... <laughs> When her sister said, what's that for? She'd say, oh, wrong kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's a good one. We will read about that uh, in between your pages. Thanks so much, and have a great week, friend. Thanks to you. Bye. All right. Take care.